1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this week number two of the National Football League season, week number three in college football. And Victor, taking a look at the polls this past week, if it's anything like the 1960s when the Beatles debuted their album, they had eight hits in the top ten. It looks to be like they're playing sweet music in the Southeast Conference these days with five teams in the top ten polls in college football thus far. I like that comparison.
2: Definitely five in the top ten for the SEC. That would be, what, Alabama and Auburn and Georgia and Texas A&M and LSU. And in fact, Mark, eight teams in the top 25 as well. Half the conference is in the top 25. And we certainly couldn't say the same thing for the uh, rough Big Ten conference, huh?
1: No, a bad week for the Big Ten. And in fact, when you talk about, Victor, the five big major conferences, I'd have to say, arguably, they're sitting at the bottom of the heap right now, especially with their performance to date this season.
2: Well, since we're talking conference play right now, Mark, uh, the best ATS conference thus far, and I know we're only two weeks into the season, is not really a conference. It would be the Independents. Those are the Armies, Navies, Notre Dames, and BYUs of the world. With a six and one against the spread record thus far for the independents, but the best actual conference in terms of ATS results thus far. Do you got a guess for me, Mark?
1: I might think. Uh, how about the Sun Belt Conference? Oh, uh, right on the head. Thirteen Ooh. and
2: six for the Sun Belt Conference. Sixty-eight percent against the spread. They're tied with Conference USA, who is seventeen and eight against the spread this season. Also sixty-eight uh, percent for those uh, two t- uh, conferences. Surprising very positive ats results for both of them your worst conferences the upstart aac conference american athletic conference at 7 and 13 against the spread thus far this season only 35% right behind the mac conference at 10 15 and the big 10 at 11 and 16 and it was a really, really rough weekend. Some people are calling it, the, what, the Saturday night massacre for the Big Ten. They went 2-11 against the spread last weekend. And they almost went 0-13 against the spread. Oregon, Michigan Ooh. State losing by 19. The Buckeyes losing at home by 14. Michigan getting shut out by Notre Dame. Uh, it's, it may be America's richest league, but it's the weakest Power 5 league, that's for sure.
1: Sounds like nobody had a worse week in college football than the Big Ten did last week, and we'll be anxious to see whether they can reverse that this particular week in college football. We're still not quite into a full set of college conference games. There's still a lot of independent matchups, but the Big Ten reeling, taking a standing eight count, if you will. Moving over to the National Football League side of things, Victor, I think along with the Big Ten, nobody in the world of the National Football League had a rougher week than did Ray Rice this past weekend. Uh, you know, there's a lot of opinion, a lot of thought, and a lot of talk going on right now with the video that was released by TMZ. And what's your take, Victor? I'd like to be interested to know what you think about that. I know there's a lot of people think that perhaps the NFL knew something about this, maybe even got a peek at the video, didn't do anything about it, but when it became public, they were forced to. What's your take on this?
2: There are different levels in which we can approach this. <laughs> Unfortunately, for me, being a 31 year fantasy football veteran, Uh, for me, it's the impact of my fantasy football team, which has Ray rice on it as well. So, uh, I'm scrambling a little bit in terms of my own personal fantasy football. Now, uh, that pales in comparison to the actual situation itself. And I'm hoping that at some point, some team will give Ray rice definitely another chance. I'll say this. It's probably not the best PR move in the NFL, for the Baltimore Ravens to be on CBS's first ever Thursday night football appearance this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know that story's got a lot of legs. It's gonna be one of the top stories in the pregame. And I think right now the Ravens would kind of prefer they were playing like a just a, you know, regular Sunday afternoon game rather than this nationally televised first game ever on CBS sports on Thursday night.
1: I agree with that. Uh, I think the onus is stri- squarely on the Baltimore Ravens here, and all the off-field distractions certainly can't help this football team. And I'm with you. I mean, I'm not anywhere near close to uh, condoning what Ray Rice did, but the bottom line here is the guy did make a mistake, and to be banned for life, I think that needs to be reviewed and looked at upon because there were circumstances that led to what happened in that particular situation. And uh, we'll see how it all shakes up, but I think when the National Football League initiates a law per se and uh, there's consequences to be involved when it comes to domestic violence there's alleged domestic violence and there's confirmed domestic uh, violence and I think it was alleged early on in the Ray Ray situation it's become confirmed since so I think there'll be penalties that will be outlined for the National Football League players and hopefully it'll be a hands-off policy and that'll be good for everybody to see because nobody wants to see domestic violence the way it is, especially with the professional athletes. Victor, other big news in the National Football League, aside from what happened on the field, was what's going on in the state of New Jersey, where they're proclaiming that sports betting is now legal inside the state of New Jersey. Uh, Governor Christie, has, uh, while he signed off on that particular bill, it was a political sign-off because he was the one that advocated it and had to sign off for his career and what's going to happen with the politics and the election coming up here, but the House overruled it, and it looks like sports betting is going to be legal in the state of New Jersey. Do you see this, Victor, number one, as will happen and be approved in legislature and become a law? And number two, what effect will it have on the rest of the world, sports gamblers out there, outside of the state of Nevada? This is great news for
2: our industry, for anybody out there who wants to make a wage on a sports book when one state brings it in, Mark, it means it's inevitable. It's going to happen uh, at one point, hopefully still in our lives. You know, you'll be able to go online uh, or go to an online sports book and actually wager on a sporting event in a state other than New Jersey. You know, some are calling this the best backdoor cover of all time, and that would be uh, this turnaround in the state of New Jersey. You know, the... The folks out there in the state of New Jersey, they can really, really thank uh, State Senator Raymond Lesniak, who basically spearheaded this thing. He's been the point man now for over a year. And not just the fact that sports betting at some point, it might be as soon as the next couple of weeks or so, But the thousands and thousands of jobs that were on the line in the state of New Jersey, this is going to be good for Atlantic City's future. Don't forget, you know, Atlantic City casinos, when the Trump Plaza closes its doors on September 16th, Atlantic City will go from 12 to just eight casinos. So this is something that is going to be great for Atlantic City's future. Uh, Senator Lesniak may have basically saved that entire city, if you ask me. It's going to be great for New Jersey's economy, and it's going to bring more jobs, more commerce, and more economic activity.
1: Let's just hope it's not a Band-Aid for the moment uh, with what happens in Atlantic City. Uh, Obviously, outside the reach of the state of New Jersey, everybody, all sports players are really, really collectively tuned into what's going on there. And uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be the placebo that uh, New Jersey needed here right now with Mm -hmm. uh, all these casinos closing up. And uh, bottom line here is we'll look forward to hearing from our listeners out there in the state of New Jersey. Give us a buzz. Let us know when you're able to make your first wager legal wager inside of the state of New Jersey. We'll applaud you and Ray Lesniak for making all that happen. Victor, before we go to break here, there's other action that happened in the National Football League playing field last week and first week of the NFL season. Anything major that caught your attention, major surprise, disappointment, et cetera, from the opening week of NFL season 2014?
2: Well, Mark, I see that you had a really nice week in the NFL. Two outright home underdog winners uh, with the... Miami Dolphins down here against New England, a surprising outcome. And, of course, also that Atlanta Falcons thrilling overtime victory against the New Orleans Saints. A good Sunday for you. Not for me, not for our service, not for our totals, and not for a lot of betters across the country. I think it was overall probably a very, very good week for the sports books. I say that with the public's tendency to lay points more than grab the points and play their favorites plus the tendency to bet more overs than unders. It was a big-time dog week in the NFL. Underdogs went 11-5 and five against the spread. They went 7-9 and nine straight up, uh, regardless of the points. There were nine unders on the week. There were only seven overs. And I got a tweet out on Monday night from our friend Jay Cornegay over there at the Westgate out in Las Vegas, saying that this was basically their best NFL Week 1 result of all time. So a pretty good handle for the sports books, if you were sharp enough to play a few more unders and overs, and if you were sharp enough to grab the points a few more times, then lay the points, then you did pretty good as well. But overall, a good week for the books, Mark.
1: Victor, speaking of overs and unders, uh, we know that the trend was to the under opening week uh, last week, and given what happened last year uh, in the National Football League uh, with the what was it, uh, 50 and 15? Was that the total for the uh, non-conference games going over the total? Uh, We saw a little bit of that reverse back that way opening week. And you you just know that what goes up must come down in in the world of uh, sports handicapping and probabilities. And the 50 and 15, they won't smell anything close to that this particular year. Do you foresee non-conference over-under totals playing to the under this football season? Or do you see it maybe not being as dramatic to the 50 and 15 overside, If week one
2: is any indication, it could very well be uh, that case, Mark. The bloom is kind of off the rose in uh, those automatic overs that uh, we uncovered way back uh, last season in the latter stages of the month of September, those automatic overs that did go over the total 75% of the time. It's kaput. uh, We could literally take those to the bank last season. It's basically no more. There were four of those uh, non-conference games this weekend. And in those games, there was just one over and three unders. The for-sure unders were the Cardinals-Chargers Monday night game that went under by 11.5 points. The Redskins played the Texans in a non-conference battle. That game went under by 20.5 points. The Bears and Bills, another non-conference game that actually went into overtime, still went under the total by four points. The only over-winner may have actually been a loser depending on when you bet it, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles-Jacksonville Jaguars game. This was a game that opened at 51, climbed up to 52, but then on game day went all the way down to 49.5. The kickoff line was 49.5. In that particular game, it depends when you wagered on it. You may have lost. You may have tied. You may have won. So those uh, great games that we can count on for overs... It looks like it's going to be a difficult season thus far as they went either 1 and 3 last week or 0 oh and 4 depending on when you bet
1: it. Victor, in that same aspect, did you find more totals late on Sunday, the totals going down as opposed to rising? And if so, could it be attributed to the fact that either the Sharps come in knowing that these totals were set high to begin with and they can't continue their that they did last year? Or was that not the case? Was it only the case in these AFC non-conference games?
2: No, that was the case. You're exactly right. Across the board, most of the NFL games went under or they brought some big time under steam in on game day. Given the fact that a lot of the public, uh, some of the squares out there, were betting these over-under lines through the roof throughout the course of uh, the summer and the preseason, it was the sharp money on Sunday that drove some of these lines definitely down uh, in those games, Mark.
1: We'll keep an eye on that, whether or not that becomes a trend or a pattern, and You'll certainly be able to keep an eye on that if you follow Victor King's NFL Over Under Totals tip sheet. He'll keep a pulse on that and report to you each week with his NFL Over Under Totals tip sheet. You can download that at playbook.com. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to share with you our college football game of the week, and we've got a dandy on tap inside the Southeast Conference. We'll feature Georgia and South Carolina. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. SportsWatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. The SportsWatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the Sports Watch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Welcome back everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week number two of the 2014 National Football League season. Week number three in college football. And speaking about college football, our featured college football game of the week on the show today. We go inside the Southeast Conference when the Georgia Bulldogs invade South Carolina. Victor, your take on this football matchup between the Dogs and the Cocks.
2: It looks like uh, Georgia's laying points on the road. They opened five and a half, but when I looked this morning, it was up to six. Georgia's laying almost a full touchdown in the game, and there's definitely some over money coming in on it. It opened at 58 and a half points, Mark, and when I looked this uh, morning again, the over underline was up to 60. It's already crept up a point to two points. They're kicking off at 3.30 Eastern time. Now, this uh, line of 60 in the game, the current line, it is the highest over-under line ever in the history of the series. Last year's line was the highest at 55, where this is a full five points higher than even uh, last year's line. A little interesting considering it is a under-dominated series. The series between Georgia and South Carolina has gone three and seven over-under in the last 10 meetings. Average line, 46.4. Average combined points for these two teams, 42.6. So the average game had gone under by about four points per game. Uh, Although what we're seeing as of late is that the worm is kind of turning a little bit. The under actually went six and one from 2004 to 2010. But in the last three years, there's been two overs. There's been one under, including uh, last uh, year's game, a shootout in which Georgia won 41 to 30. There was almost 1,000 total yards of offense between both teams, 990 to be exact. Uh, The game did go over by a a very, very hefty margin. Uh, We'll say this, the last nine meetings of this series in South Carolina, all nine have gone under the total. Interesting stat there. Now, of course, Georgia comes in. They've only played one game. They're coming in with some rest. They've gone 1-0 and to the over this season. Uh, of course, in that big opening week win over Clemson, there were 66 points, 45-21. to 21. Georgia won that game. It ended up going over by 10.5 points. And Georgia was also a team last year. There was a very good over team, Two in college football. They went 8-4-1 and one last year, 67% over the total. Average points in Georgia games was 65.7. For the Gamecocks, they do come in this season 1-1 one and one over-under. They did go over the total in that shocking Week 1 loss against Texas A&M in which there were 80 points scored, and the game went over by 19 points. They came back last week to barely get by Eastern Carolina, a 10-point win for Georgia as a significant favorite. 33-23 was the score of that game, only 56 points. The game ended up going under the total by seven points. And last season, the Gamecocks were basically a middle-of-the-road over-under team. They went six and seven over-under last year, 54. Uh, As far as who we like in this game, Mark, uh, I think we've got a definite shootout possibility just like last season. We've seen South Carolina. They've had their defensive woes this year already in their two games. They're allowing, what, 565 yards per game. Georgia has been a very, very good over team in the first half of the season. They've gone 11-1 to in the first half in the last three years. They've gone a perfect 8-0 and to the over in the month of September in the last three seasons as well. So despite the fact that we're bucking a trend in which the last nine meetings in South Carolina have gone under, Mark, I think we see shootout here. According to the Vegas odds and the over underline the predicted final score in this game is Georgia 33, South Carolina 27. We see it slightly higher, Georgia 36 to 38 points, South Carolina 28 to 31 points, but I do think we see, oh, anywhere from 65 points or higher in this game, and we're going over the total.
1: Victor's going to go over that 60-point total in the Georgia-South Carolina game, fading the trend of the low-scoring series that's happened in the football game and that within that series. And I guess everything does turn, as you say, Victor, the worm does turn, whether it's we're talking about National Football League totals to open the show or college football series history. And we're seeing this particular football season the lack of a South Carolina defense and the powerful Georgia offense understandably looking to the over total in that football game. I'm going to mention this, though. The last – got to go back 20 years to find the last time that a Georgia Bulldog football team scored – More than 20 points at Williams-Brice Stadium. It's been a long time that way for Georgia's offense to ignite in the state of South Carolina. But nonetheless, they are igniting this football season. Georgia just 4-10 to the spread the last 14 games when they've gone to play the Gamecocks in South Carolina. On the good side for the Georgia Bulldogs, the last six times they've gone out as single-digit Southeast Conference road favorites, they brought home the money five of the six times in that particular football game. And everybody's well aware of Mark Rick's terrific record away from home, away from playing between the hedges, where Mark Rick is 35-7 and straight up away when his team is playing off a win. On the flip side, we're looking at the South Carolina Gamecocks in a real rare role. When I'm saying rare role, that being of a home underdog, And in fact, if you go back and you look the last five times that South Carolina has been an underdog at home, they've won all of those games straight up on the scoreboard. So very, very good role for the South Carolina Gamecocks taking points at home. The problem here is how they're playing football this particular season. And that answer to that is not very well, especially considering the fact that they've lost the stats in each of their two first two football games and they've been out yarded. An average of 130 yards a game this football season. Now, you know that's not going to continue with South Carolina, but the question is can they remedy that against the likes of a Georgia Bulldog football team? Looking here, at the bottom line to me is I look at our Smart Box inside the Playbook Football newsletter this week, and the Smart Box, a handicapping weekly handicapping digest, points out the fact that college football teams that are playing game number two in the season that are off a win and playing with the week of rest in between have done very, very well. These rested teams off a win in college football in game two. And in fact, when they're on the road, I'm going to cite this from the Playbook Football Newsletter. When they're on the road and they're off the win, they're playing an opponent whose defense is weak, allowing 27 or more points per game on the season. How about 21 and four straight up and 19 and six to the spread that's a strong road record for these early breather football teams playing game number two with the week of rest on the road. That qualifies for the Georgia Bulldogs in this particular football game. And by the way, there's one other team that qualifies in that particular role this week. You can read about it inside the playbook newsletter this week. Given the fact that all these numbers this year come to the Georgia Bulldogs, I'll step away from that tantalizing home dog in South Carolina and lay the points. With the Georgia Bulldogs. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And don't you go away, when we come back, Victor and I, we're going to get into our National Football League game of the week, and we've got a dandy inside the AFC East Division. Don't go away, we'll be back here with more in Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. This football
2: season, go where the wise guys go for all their winning information. Playbook.com website. If accurate, exclusive winning information is important to you, it's important you make Playbook.com your one-stop source for all your football information this season. Whether it's downloading a weekly copy of the Playbook Football Newsletter, selecting guaranteed best bets or free picks from the world-famous Playbook Experts Handicappers, or checking lines and scores, Playbook.com has it all. And make your inside source this football season for exclusive information not found anywhere on the web. Get every edge imaginable at playbook.com, where winners go for winners.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King from King Creole Sports. We're going against the spread in the second week of the National Football League season. And with that, it's time for our National Football League Game of the Week. And with that, we go inside the AFC East Division where the Buffalo Bills will play host to the Miami Dolphins. And Victor, this being amazingly two undefeated Bills and Dolphins football teams. it got to go back as far as 1992 to find that the last time that these two teams played with a spotless record. Your take, Victor, on the Miami-Buffalo matchup this Sunday.
2: Tied for first place. What do you know? Miami and Buffalo. Look who's uh, bringing up the rear. The Patriots at 0-1. Anyway, in this particular <laughs> game, it opened at 44 and a half, and that first gut check reaction was toward the under. It's down to 43 the last time I looked. So the line has come down already a full point and a half. I'm not surprised by the initial line move, considering the tendencies in this series history, in which they've gone one six and one over under in the last eight meetings. That's only one over and six unders. Average total points when these two play each other only 35.6. The last four meetings in Buffalo have gone one and three over under with even less points score per game, a combined 27.5 and of course that includes last year's game, a 19-0 Buffalo shutout win in which the game went under by 23 points. Uh, In terms of this season, Miami 1-0 to the over this year, Uh, 53 points scored in last week's win against New England. Uh, We missed out on that one, we were on the under and we were wrong on that particular game, it did end up going over the total by 5.5 points And Miami is a team in which we're going to have to exercise some caution with in terms of over-unders, particularly in the first month of the season, until we see what we actually have here. We got a brand new offensive coordinator in Bill Lazor. He comes from Philadelphia, that same Philadelphia Eagle team that was running, what, 81 average offensive plays per game last year and Miami had quickened their pace as well. You know, in last week's game against the Patriots, the Dolphins had 71 offensive plays. This is for a team that averaged 63 offensive plays per game last year, so eight already more plays per game in their first game against New England. And, of course, the Patriots, we all know they run a fast pace. They had 80 plays in that game against the Dolphins. But anyway, in that Patriots-Dolphins game last week, 151 total offensive plays. That was the most offensive plays in any of the NFL 16 games. So this is one of the reasons why we want to be cautious. Even though we like the under in this because of the tremendous under tendencies, particularly when playing in Buffalo, we've got to be careful with these Dolphin games until we determine what we actually have here. And is this a team that is going to be running a quicker pace than they uh, normally have in the past? With that said, the Dolphins have been the NFL's best road under team in the last four years they have gone 10 21 and one over under average points per game on the road 38.0 so mark we're going to lean under in this game but again we want to be very very cautious until we find out the impact of bill laser and this quick paced dolphin offense
1: victor leans under in the Miami-Buffalo matchup this Sunday, a big showdown between two undefeated football teams. And as I mentioned, you got to go back to 1992 to find the last time that these two teams played with a spotless record. And in fact, in my database, I went back all the way to 1980. There have been three matchups in which these two teams have met with undefeated records. Ironically, the Dolphins win all three of those games and all straight up as an underdog That's not the case this particular week because the Dolphins, as we do this show, are a small favorite. They may be missing as many as three starters this particular week, and I don't think the word is completely out on that just yet, but we'll confirm the injuries a little bit later on in the week. Head coach Joe Philbin from the Miami Dolphins has yet to win a game or cover a spread when he's off a division game playing a division opponent back-to-back division games. On the flip side, you've got the upstart Buffalo Bills coming in here with a nice 6-1 and one point spread record when playing at home under head coach Doug Marone. This is his second season with the Bills. And surprisingly, take a look inside the stats here. The Buffalo Bills have out-yarded eight of the last 11 opponents that have been games played at home for the Buffalo Bills. They also come in eight and one to the spread when they're a home picker dog, when they're off a non-division underdog win as they are coming into this game. The bottom line to me here is taking a look at Miami. They're off their huge victory over New England last week, and They're just one and eight to the spread, by the way, when they beat New England by double digits in their next football game. And they're one and 13 to the spread. Miami is off a win when they take on an opponent that was off an underdog win. You put all these stats and facts, everything together. Here. I'm going to stand home with the Buffalo Bills disregard our Miami Dolphins down here. See if the Bills don't improve to 2-0. Miami limps home 1-1 after the Bills and Dolphins meet up in Buffalo this Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas as we join in with our good friend Dave Tooley from from ViewFromVegas.com. Dave also, an ESPN insider who writes for ESPN.com as well. Dave, how's everything going for you? And how was it for you opening week of the National Football League season?
0: Doing great out here in Las Vegas. Uh, Actually, I'm very excited with the start of the NFL season. But little uh, bittersweet for myself. Uh, you would think, being a dogger, pass better than I am. That uh, with the underdogs going 11 and five against the spread uh, over the weekend, that you would think you, I'd, I'd be jumping for joy and it would be a banner weekend. Mm-hmm. But somehow, I uh, um, my best bets went three and three on the week. I <laughs> and in the super contest, I went one and four. I uh, I landed on almost every losing dog. It was it was a crazy crazy week. I mean, you know, overall with you know some of my smaller bets, I uh, you know, sal- salvaged the weekend and you know helped out by the Chargers on uh, Monday night, but uh <laughs> it was uh yeah, not not as good of a weekend as you would expect uh, with the way the dogs were barking.
1: Yeah, that's surprising. Dave Tooley, the big (laughs) underdog guy (laughs) on an underdog week, I thought you were going to tell me four and one in the Superbook Hilton contest, but that's the way sometimes that the ball uh, ends up turning. And this week, obviously last week, not so good for Dave, but he'll continue his march seeking out those live dogs on the football card. And Dave, speaking about the LVH Superbook contest or now the Westgate Superbook contest, what did we end up as far as the total amount of entrants go and what does the prize pool look like this year? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, a record of 1,403 entrants. Uh Last year wow. was the first time that uh, they broke the thousand mark, and I mean we're we it's over a thousand uh, more <laughs> entries. Uh, Than we saw just uh, just four years ago. It's uh, it, it totally exploded in growth, fueled by you know a lot more coverage in the mainstream media from people writing about it, and uh, also uh, you know so, social social media uh, sp- spreading the word about the Super Contest. And then the last two years, they've had their Super Contest weekend to help uh, increase growth as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's been an incredible. Incredible contest keeps growing. You know, kind of reminiscent of, uh, you know, a decade ago with the poker boom. But the you know, prize pool this year, because it's uh, cost fifteen hundred dollars to enter, for those who don't know, and so the prize pool is over two point one million, and uh, over seven hundred thousand
1: dollars to the to the champion. Well, I'm sure everybody that's in the contest, we all want to know exactly what that. Winning ticket is for the winning the first place prize in that contest, but that's amazing. Two point one million dollars in the prize pool, quite a contest, at, to say the least. That's the Westgate Superbook contest, and you can follow more of that on the Dave Tooley View From Vegas dot com website. Check that out if you will. Dave, looking at the National Football League last week, and we were talking a little bit about what happened and what didn't happen, underdogs had their way. Anything in particular that surprised you aside from the fact that maybe the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots? <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that, I think that's the one that uh that everyone seems to uh be pointing at. Um I mean, we yeah, we saw a lot of very exciting games. Personally the most disappointing to me was the uh the Jaguars uh covering the whole game and then getting uh, run run over late. That was the uh that was the punch to the gut um, for your yours truly. But uh, I mean, you know, we saw that uh, the unders uh, came out ahead nine to seven. You know, mm-hmm. everyone was talking about how scoring would be high, and, you know, how you can't. Uh, people say, you know, oh, you you can't get <laughs> the under in the NFL anymore, and uh, that's not necessarily <laughs> true. So, um, yeah, I wrote about that in um, my new column at ESPN.com, uh, Tuesdays with Thule, which uh, de- debuted this week. So, uh, you know, excited uh, to start that.
1: Uh, Dave Tooley, a writer for ESPN.com and Dave, uh, before I ha- turn it over to Victor, I know Victor's got a question he wants to ask you. I know ESPN launched their new betting page. If you would, uh, you could tell our listeners a little bit about that and how they can access the ESPN betting page where you are now an author on that site.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah, l- last Thursday, uh, it launched, uh, I wanted to mention it on uh, last week's podcast, but, um, I mean, you know, with, uh, you know, Dealing with websites and all that—that that, you know, when you're uh, planning to put something up there and <laughs> things get in the way. So, I certainly didn't want to say anything and have it not happen uh, by last Thursday. But yeah, uh, started last Thursday and uh, we're, we're covering the Las Vegas uh, sports betting scene, and obviously, football is the biggest betting time of year. So, a lot, a lot of free content on there. There's also some content that's behind their uh, ESPN Insider paywall. But I, I, th- I think it's a healthy mix, and there's a lot of good uh, opinions, you know, not only from gambling writers such as myself, but also from uh, other uh, ESPN reporters that are, you know, giving information that people can certainly use in their handicapping. And on, on that site, every every Monday, I have an opening line report on the NFL, talking about all the line moves uh, from when the openers are posted Sunday night, and then uh, part of the panel that does the nfl vegas rankings that come out uh, tuesday after the uh weekend's complete and then like i said the, the new uh, tuesdays with tuli column and then uh i do my picks for the nfl weekend on uh, on friday sounds, sounds
1: like he's a busy man in las vegas yeah. these days especially <laughs> with this new espn betting page debuting victor i know you got a question you want to run by dave on the show Well, Dave, you know, there's
2: a big college football game going on this weekend. And I think it's a little bigger for Dave Tooley than others. And it's your alma mater coming to town, Northern Illinois, taking on UNLV, the Running Rebels. My question number one is, will you be at the game on Saturday? And Dave, are there any other major sporting events going on in Vegas on Saturday, maybe Saturday night, that you would have a comment about? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, yeah, Northern Illinois coming and playing UNLV, uh, kickoff at 4 p.m. Northern Illinois is a 10-point favorite, and it's uh, it, it reminds me of the first time I ever came to Las Vegas was when I was in college at Northern Illinois working for the Northern Star newspaper, and uh, fortunately, we were a progressive enough uh, newspaper and uh, – Making enough money that uh, they were able to send me out here to Las Vegas, uh, my first time in 1987 to cover that game. Uh, Icky Woods was the running back for UNLV, and actually <laughs> he uh, won the national rushing title as an ESPN uh, nationally televised game. And so uh, I got to, got to see Icky Woods, and uh, and so that was my first uh, exposure to <laughs> Vegas. And uh, obviously, I liked it. And 11 years later, I uh, found myself moving here. And uh, but unfortunately, I I won't be at the game. I, yeah, I've gone back and forth on this. But I, yeah, I am going uh, on Saturday to the other uh, big live sporting event I'm <laughs> in Las Vegas—the uh, the Mayweather fight, uh, Marcos Madonna, the, uh, the 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 rematch at the MGM Grand Gardener uh Arena. Yeah, May, Mayweather is a yeah, minus nine hundred favorite, the underdog plus six
1: hundred. Wow, that'll be quite a time in Las Vegas Saturday night with Mayweather in the big pay-per-view championship match and the Northern Illinois UNLV football game, which will be <laughs> high on a few people's list anyway. <laughs> Don't know who, but exactly. I know Dave Tulio will kick an interest in the Huskies in that particular contest. Dave, your complimentary play on this week's NFL football card before I let you go, if you would.
0: I'm going to, uh, I lost with my pick last week on the Giants. Not uh, not very solid at all. They got run over. But um, I'm going to go back to Monday night. Eagles, three-point underdog against the, against the Colts. Um, you know, this line is, uh, actually a little surprised, uh, it was, it was two and a half on the advance line at the, uh, the Westgate, uh, last week. And now it's, uh, up, up to three and looks like it might even uh, be climbing higher. So, uh, but yeah, the Eagles, I, yeah, like I said, they, uh, they broke my heart last week, uh, by beating my, uh, Jags bet. But uh, you know, I think we saw in the second half what we can really expect from this team moving forward. And the Colts, you know, fell behind big to the Broncos. I, th- I think we're going to see the same thing here. I, th- I think the Eagles will jump on them early. And uh, Andrew Luck does scare me. <laughs> the way he continues to, <laughs> to do these comebacks, it, 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 it's uh, it's uncanny. So, but I th- I, th- I think the, the Eagles just have too much for him there. And I'll, I'll take the uh, plus three.
1: We'll find out whether the Philadelphia Eagles prove out to be a friend or a nemesis for Dave Tooley after this particular Monday Night Football game. We'll put him down for the Eagles plus the three for his complimentary play on the show this week. Dave, I'm going to let you go. Get yourself ready for your Tuesdays with Tooley column. I know you do a lot of research as a, as a good author and reporter would do, and best of luck to you this weekend. All
0: right, great. Thanks, Mark. Good luck, everybody.
1: That was Dave Tooley joining us from Las Vegas to find out what's going on his view from Vegas on this show this particular weekend. When we come back, Victor and I will put the final wraps on the show, our awesome angle of the week, and our complimentary plays when we're back after this. Imagine getting up to $900 in free plays bonuses on every qualified deposit. Use your Visa, MasterCard, or even American Express, only at BetOnline. Because you can. Your side failed to score? Use your shutout bailout card and get your bet back, only at BetOnline. Because you can. Your side given up by halftime? Use your halftime surrender card, get half of your bet back, only at BetOnline. Because you can. And remember, you get bonus on every deposit. That's the lifetime bonus guarantee, only from BetOnline. Because you can. Terms and conditions apply.
0: And now, the moment you've been waiting for from the hot South Florida sun. It's Mark Lawrence with his aw- aw- aw-
2: awesome angle of the week.
1: All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the show this week in the National Football League. We call it premonition. Premonition, if you will. We're going to play on any NFL underdog in game two of the season that comes up a loss on their season opener. If they were winless in the preseason, these winless teams in the preseason who lose in game one, dress up as a dog in week two, kind of want to put an end to that losing way, that losing streak. And it's been confirmed that since 1987, these dogs in this role have gone 20 and five against the spread. That's a neat 80 percent winning angle, which applies to the Dallas Cowboys for our pre-munition awesome angle play of the week this week. And I'm going to hop over to Victor King now from King Creel Sports with Victor's top complimentary play on the card this week. And, Victor, let our listeners know, if you would, what you've got going at the King Creel Sports Service this weekend.
2: College football over the week. It goes on Saturday. We post it at playbook.com on the website on Thursday night. And in the NFL, the over of the week available again at playbook.com on Friday nights. And, Mark, for our free play this week We're going to give Speedy a seat on the bench. He's in the doghouse this week. Uh, We were on the Patriots and the Dolphins under last week, lost by five and a half points. So he'll take a seat and we're going to move up to one of our three-star totals tip sheet best bets this week. And it's going to be the Patriots and Vikings over the total current number 49 points in this game. Of course, both these teams off very surprising Week 1 results. Minnesota pulled off that outright underdog win over the Rams by 28 points in the road to boot. And of course, as we discussed a little earlier, New England lost outright to Miami down here as a road favorite. Uh, That straight up favorite loss puts the Patriots in an extreme high scoring situation. I jumped on board of this situation a couple of years ago, Mark. It's been a fantastic week two overplay in the NFL. And it's quite simple NFL game two non division teams who lost as a favorite in week one, like the Patriots, have gone 17 and one over under since 2008. That's 17 overs and one under. And it applies to the Patriots this week. And it, in fact, applies to two or three other teams as well. Now, at last look, the Patriots were once again installed as road favorites in this game. uh, Anywhere from three to three and a half points. I'm kind of hoping that number goes up to three and a half. That's because Game 2 non-division road favorites of greater than a field goal have gone a perfect 9-0 and over-under since the 2007 season. And that also kind of applies to the Patriots individually as a team as well. The last time, the last nine times, the Patriots were a road favorite against the NFC Conference. They've gone a perfect 9-0 and to the over themselves. They're also a perfect 6-0 to the over after playing the Dolphins and 10-1 to the over in non-division games when they allowed 30 or more in their last game. And, of course, in that last game against the Dolphins, we touched on it earlier, New England's quick-paced offense, they picked where they left off last season. 80 offensive plays against the Miami Dolphins last week. That was the second most offensive plays ran next to Baltimore Ravens at 85. And let's not forget, New England was shut out in the second half against that Miami Dolphins game. This is a pissed-off team. They're going to put some points on the board. We love playing on the Patriots when they're off a straight-up favorite loss. For you ATS players out there, I pulled this out of the database earlier this morning, Mark. The Patriots as short favorites of less than six points – or underdogs, when they're playing off a straight-up favorite loss, they've gone a perfect 15-0 against the spread since 2002. And in the last eight seasons, they've gone 10-2 and to the over. Now, in Week 1, Minnesota was that three-point road dog. They beat up on the Rams by four touchdowns. And this doesn't apply to Week 2. It applies to any week in the NFL season. And it's also a 14-2 over-under situation. Non-division home underdogs like the Vikings if they're off a straight-up road dog non-division win, like they are, that also went under the total. And that Vikings-Rams games last week did go under the total. And Totals players may not realize this, but Minnesota was actually the league's best over team last season at 12-4 and four over under. In addition to their 24-point-per-game scoring average on offense, pretty good. Their defense allowed 30 points per game and almost 400 total yards per game, and this week they're playing a very, very good offense. Last week they did not in the Rams, so this one's got shootout written all over it. Final score somewhere in the neighborhood of 31-24, to Patriots-Vikings over the total.
1: Victor goes over the total in the Vikings-Patriots AFC-NFC non-conference matchup this particular week for his complimentary play on the show, and... Be sure to check out all of King Creole Sports Plays this week online at playbook.com. Also download a copy of the NFL Totals tip sheet just in time for the NFL football games this weekend. Before I get to my complimentary play on the show this week, I'm going to congratulate everybody that joined me last week for my NFL Opening Week Play of the Year when the Miami Dolphins took down the New England Patriots winning the game straight up as a live dog. This week I feature my college football underdog game of the month You can get it part of another $99 football weekend of winners when you call me toll-free to get on board at 1-800-321-7777 or sign up on the website at playbook.com, where you can also download a copy of this week's football newsletter just in time for the football games this weekend. Looking at the college football card this week, my complimentary call is going to be on the Black Knights of Army when they take on Stanford in a non conference matchup this particular weekend. Army comes into this football game under new head coach Jeff Monken, who was a disciple of Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech where he learned the triple option rushing offense and he's got that mastered down to a T. Army opened up last week in their first game of the season and ran for 326 yards in an 8-point victory over Buffalo last week. I believe that Stanford doesn't used to seeing this kind of an offense here. I think it'll also give them fits and headaches, if you will. Stanford coming in off their physical war with Southern Cal last week, having the Washington Huskies on deck next week with Army 5-1-1 one one to the spread as a dog of 18 or more points in their last seven games. I'll grab up the points with the military infantrymen with Army. We'll take the points Army plus the points over Stanford for our complimentary call on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. For Victor King from King Creole Sports, Dave Tooley joining us from from viewfromvegas.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.